to another episode of the Current and Cast podcast. This isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is about current events, sports, technology, life, and yes, whiskey. So pour yourself a good drink, or if you're driving or working right now, just imagine yourself doing so and join me, Chad HD, along with Matt Martin for this week's Current and cask matt hello how are you today i'm doing very well we've got you know what chad we've got so much news today it may all be whiskey news we've just got so much it, whiskey news yeah it's basically a whiskey report whiskey report that we have today uh which is fine because there's a lot of very interesting industry news that i think we can talk about and this is the time of year you know all the allocations come out but all the news comes out too it seems yes yeah, and uh, and also uh, a lot of people uh, maybe uh, wondering, you know, what type of uh, uh, good gifts to get, you know, as far as uh, which bottles to get for people. That's something, you know, we may do that next week. We may, uh, let's kind of jot that down, pencil it in, Matt, for uh, next week's podcast where we kind of give a few bottles that are within a fairly good price range, you know, for gift oh, giving. Yeah. You know, a family member who may... Want to give another family member a nice, nice gift, but not something that's way too expensive. Oh, I've got a list. I've, um, you know, being where I work, people yeah. are always coming in giving me budgets. The most, the average budget is fifty dollars. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so I've got a list of stuff between about thirty and fifty dollars for anybody that I think it, it could be a lot of stuff. You know what fits oh, yeah. within fifty dollars? We've had it before. That's fantastic, and and this is just a preview, I guess. But okay. Four Roses single barrel is oh, under yeah, fifty dollars. I mean, it's under yeah. fifty dollars. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's a good one. And then, uh, you know, for our Texas-based audience, where I'm at in Texas, a lot of people probably want to know what Texas bourbons and whiskeys, and you know, it's kind of the you know Texas thing to give. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll come up with a list. We'll do a oh, list yeah. of uh, some whiskeys next week that would make uh, for good gifts, stocking stuffers, uh, things that you want to get for your favorite podcast host, radio show host. You know, that's fine, too, uh, if you uh, want to get us any whiskey. Yeah, I, I work for whiskey. <laughs> you re- you actually do work for whiskey. I don't think you actually get a paycheck. <laughs> I, because just the stories that I hear... So, uh, is that I'll, you actually get paid in whiskey? Uh, I will. I will tell it. I, I spent in the last month. I've spent over six hundred dollars on whiskey. <laughs> o- over. Now, I won't say how much over, but over. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, I'll. I'll tell you I, though. I've got. I got some red breast fifteen, which I've been yeah. looking for for a long time because in Texas I can have it all the time. It's one of my favorites ever, and I couldn't find it here. Well, apparently they just get allocations once a year, so you have to buy the whole year's worth, right? When it pops up, and then I also bought one that I've been looking for for many uh, what since I bought my yellow spot four or five yeah. years ago. I've been looking for a red spot. It's like the it's it. I don't know that it's going to be any better than the Red Breast Fifteen, and it cost me a lot more than the Red Breast Fifteen. But it's just like a, a trophy on my mantle that I had to have. Yeah, you had to go for it. I knew yeah. when you took a picture of it and sent it to me that you were going to get it. By the yeah. way, yeah, yeah, it it had to be, <laughs> it had to be in my collection. And, and, so, 
and I, I will be I don't know if your wife listens to this podcast or not. Um, I don't think my wife listens to the podcast except for when she's uh, upstairs listening to just me uh, talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she may listen to the podcast. I don't know. I know my parents listen to the podcast. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. I know they listen. Uh, but um, I, I will say this. I am I am uh, I, I, I do not help when you text. And I go, just buy it, dude. Yeah. You deserve this. That's you true. You should absolutely buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a good influence. No. Either that or maybe I but, am, just not for the reason your wife wants me to be a good influence. It's a great influence. <laughs> I was like, just buy it. I mean, I had... Go ahead. So this... Uh, YOLO. Probably uh, TMI for most of these people but listening, but honestly, I had to make a deal. To make it happen, I can't buy anything for a while. Uh-huh. But I talked to her beforehand, so it wasn't like out of the blue. It's like, okay, I have a budget for it. I'm going to blow my budget. Let's right. talk about what I need to do to do this. Now, Because I, I have to have this. You are, for those who may not know, uh, Matt is in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, he will be traveling uh, to, to Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, very soon. Uh, and now, Matt, you did tell her, right, that you and I had planned on going and doing a little whiskey shopping. I did. Uh, while you were here. I, I did before the, all of uh-huh. this, but I, I now, haven't told her after. Yeah, no, no, it's still, we. you've got to go whiskey shopping while you're here. It has to happen, buddy. Yeah. I, I'm going to do what I can. Okay. All right, just I'm just making sure because I yeah. think I'm going to be off air by the time uh, oh, yeah. you get here. Yeah, you're not going to. I be think here. I'm going to be uh, on vacation from the Chad Hasty yeah, you're, show. You're t- like taking a month and a half off or something. I am taking the last two weeks of the year completely off, and uh, yeah, so uh, that that's what I'm going to be doing the uh, the the 18th through January 2nd. I'll be back on the air January 2nd, uh, like all good little radio hosts are. Uh, I'll be back on refreshed and ready for uh, 2024. That being said, we may have to put a an extra episode in there or something. I mean, not yeah, like so. extra, but we may we may have to record one before Christmas because you know we missed Thanksgiving, sadly. We did, but we you did. Know, we, we missed family we, we missed and Black everything Friday. else. We you know we yeah. missed those things, but that's fine. But we may have to we may have to have something available so that he can hear more of you. Yeah. And me. Okay. Yeah. I think we could do something like that. Now, of course, for those who are new to the podcast, we welcome you. It's uh, Matt and I used to host a radio show together where we talked a lot of politics, current events. On this podcast, we, we, we kind of tamper down the politics, though sometimes we do get into that. It's hard not to. We talk to. a lot of uh, a lot of whiskey news, also a lot of uh, sports, current events, everyday life, and we also drink whiskey on yes. the podcast and we review whiskey at the very end of the podcast. And uh, this is the point in the podcast where I, I ask the question, Hey Matt, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Oak and Eden wheat mm. and spire. Now this is a fairly inexpensive one when you can find it. It's probably now their website shows it being between 45 and $50. So it's not terrible. Now I know that the one that we got, is a single barrel, but um, I, I don't think I paid any more than that. 
I mean, no. it was it was a pretty available, pretty easy to find, um, and just a little bit of information. It is out of Texas, Bridgeport, Texas, is where the distillery is. I don't know that you would call them a distillery because I don't know if they actually distill anything. Because my bottle says uh, distilled in Indiana, which means they probably got it from MGP, and they maybe they um, age it in Bridgeport, yeah. which is fine because if they don't have everything to you know put out the kind of volume that they want to do, then they may have to get some other stuff and get right, it made for right. them. Uh, it's according to what you do after it's made that's the big deal. And I think Oak and Eden has a really interesting way of doing it. They put a, an oak spiral inside the bottle to help it continue to age with the uh, barrel after it's in the bottle. That's right. And so it. some people call it gimmicky, but if you've ever used one before, I mean, a lot of people are using these in their... Uh, infinity bottles and other things like that to help give a little age to the things that they've put together that are just a little too young. And so I think that this is um, it's something that may, especially in the long run, may help these bottles out a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, they, they have a, a bunch of different, uh, you know, versions of the a lot. Uh, wheat inspired. Like a I million. Mean, they, yeah, they have like a uh, fired French oak, which uh, a lot of people are fans of. They got a uh, they Cabernet also finished. Have, yeah, uh, they also have one that is yeah, it was about yeah the wheat and the wheat and honey. Yes, which uh, it seems like a lot of people like that one as well. Which I don't I don't necessarily blame them. I don't have one of those yet, but I have a lot of honey whiskeys, and I kind of like honey finished whiskeys. Um, Garrison Brothers has a fantastic one and uh, a few others out there and uh, they just give it like this sweet it sweetens it up some let's be honest but at the same time yeah. it it almost smooths it out gives it a, a a silky kind of texture to it which i really like on my tongue yeah so uh that's what we're drinking uh this evening and we'll be drinking that uh through the uh, podcast at the very end of the podcast we'll do a nice little uh little deep in a uh, deep uh, dive into uh you know what we feel about the uh, the drink uh, the uh, the bottle of oak and eden uh that we have on the table i'm excited pretty good i'm, I'm yeah i've already half, taken a couple of drinks i'm pretty halfway good. through my glass and i'm having a good night all right uh how about this let's get into some whiskey news uh, we we've got uh, for whatever reason just a ton of whiskey news over the last week uh that is uh coming out and we'll start with one of the wall street journal it's this is a sad one, a sad story, mm. sad. Uh, U.S. whiskey is collateral damage in the transatlantic trade fight. Uh, Brooke Glover wants to uh, ship her award-winning West Virginia-made whiskey to Europe, where fans have been clamoring for a taste, but she has no plans to expand across the Atlantic just yet, starting in 2024. Each bottle, bottle shipped risk facing a 50% tax. Swilled Dog Distillery. Have you heard of that one? Not off the top That's of my head. That's a new one to me. Uh, I think... Yeah, sw- no, no, I haven't. Uh, well, I'm well, looking I'm, it up right now. i be on lookout for this one. Uh, Swilled Dog Distillery, one of many American whiskey makers falling victim to a fight that has nothing to do with bourbon or rye. The, the uh, threatened tariff is the EU's retaliation for U.S. tariffs on the European steel. 
and aluminum, which themselves are part of a tougher trade measure designed to boost U.S. manufacturers. In this case, tariffs erected to protect some U.S. industries swung back to hurt other homegrown small businesses. The bar fight over whiskey, just one example, EU tariffs retaliating against the U.S. also hit Harley-Davidson, orange juice, and Levi jeans. Like whiskey, those products remain on the EU's list of suspended tariffs. Quote, we're just collateral damage, Glover said. Now, I'll US say and this. EU officials, what's in, that? In Europe, they don't want Harley-Davidson's. It's too noisy. Yeah. Uh, U.S. and EU officials say they hope to reach a deal to avoid the 50% tariff by year's end, likely by delaying its effective date, but there's no end in sight to the broader trade dispute, leaving the threat of tariffs hanging over the whiskey industry. Said that there's a significant chance that the tariffs could come back is really enough to deter you from wanting to make investments in the foreign markets, said uh, Jeff Quint, chief executive of Cedar Ridge Distillery in Iowa. Nobody's going to make a significant investment in teaching the world about bourbon until we know these tariffs have been eliminated. American whiskey makers were drawn into the trade fight in 2018 after former President Donald Trump imposed the tariffs on steel and aluminum. You and I were talking about this back in 2018, Matt, uh, about how this was going to impact uh, whiskey makers here. Well, and yeah, because, uh, what is it, uh, Irish whiskey and Scottish whiskey both took a hit on there. I think it's 30% bringing it in. And when they raised yeah. the price of those, the prices went up across the board. Now, some of that had to do with COVID and other things like that. But when one goes up and gets away with it, they all think they can. Oh, yeah. The EU initially set a whiskey tariff at 25%. It was suspended two years ago as part of an agreement. But both the U.S. metal tariffs and uh, EU or territory tariffs on hold until 2024. Unless an agreement's reached before then, the whiskey tariffs could be reimposed, this time doubled. To 50%, President Biden met with European Commission President uh, late in October, but the meeting was wrapped up without an agreement. So uh, for those uh, ma- those whiskey makers, bourbon makers here in the U.S., the, uh, they're, they're a little bit worried about uh, getting overseas and trying to make money there. Well, 50% tariff. That's it's crazy. A, it's a crazy tariff, but that's that's very European of it. But oh yeah, uh, what that does mean is that we get to keep all the bourbon here. Yeah, but you also want these guys to be able to expand and, you know, and make do a little money. bit of business overseas. Yeah, you want them to make some money. Well, here's the problem. Uh, here's what I've noticed. Yeah. If any company, small, a small company, starts to make money, like a good, get a really good product, start to make some good money, do you know what happens? They get bought out by the big guys. Yeah, True. That's true. Hey, uh, you found this uh, this story. In fact, uh, I think you had called it uh, Balcones. Mm-hmm. Ditching bourbon, man. What's going on here? What's well, up with that? So Balcones is out of Waco, Texas, and they uh, they just released Cataleja, Texas single malt, which I'm excited about if I can get my hands on one. That's one of I'm the things. I'm trying to find it. If I'm in Lubbock and it's there, it may end up in my collection anyway. But that being yeah. said... Um, Balcones, last week I talked about it a little bit, is that they seem to be moving all their best whiskeys were uh, their one-offs and and the ones that just really seemed to hit that high note were all single notes or single malts. It's not, yeah, single malt whiskeys. And it seemed like they were moving away from other things and just kind of put those on like an automatic pilot. Well, it looks like now 
they're going to get rid of their true blue, which was one of the, which was their big um, full-bodied bourbon. They're going to keep their um, baby blue, which is kind of their young bourbon. And they're going to, it looks like, get rid of even um, the one we tried last week, which is also, it's a bourbon, but it's a smoked bourbon, which is the brimstone. And they're only going to be focusing on single malts. Now, they do fantastic single malts. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how that comes out because American single malts still have not really taken off the way that bourbon has. Right. But, I mean, they were bought out by another company, but I like seeing that they're able to go with what is is important to them. They're still same head distiller, still doing the same thing, and they're going in the direction they want to go. So that's at least a positive thing. Now, uh, this article that I'm seeing, they said that they're going to continue to produce the baby blue corn whiskey. Right, the baby blue. Yeah, and they have a new rye in the works. So that's that's good. Uh, but uh, everything else, it looks like they are heading towards just the uh, the single malt, which, I mean, runs a risk, right? Because they're, 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 they're known for some of these other uh, products and some of these other brands, but they're also moving into this new category and, and listen it they've done a great job with everything so there's no reason to think that they can't uh you know do some of the single malts and uh you know really knock that out of the park and kind of be let that kind of be their niche and because like you said no one else is really doing it there are a few that have dabbled but no one's really cornered that whole market they could be uh they they could be kind of that uh that the the lead in into the single malt here. Well, the the other thing I don't know if you remember when we but we went to a um a, a tasting where they brought in all their stuff. Yeah. And their big thing was that what they used was the New Mexican blue corn. I mean, they right. were talking about that. I mean, they probably spent fifteen minutes talking about how they got the corn, what they did with the corn, how they made the and and that was kind of their big pushing point. It it feels like to me they're taking that and throwing it out the window and going another way. And I understand some of that, but I always worry that you've got your mindset on something else doesn't mean you destroy what you've already built. And that always yeah. worries me just a little bit. But I really hope it all works out because they do have some fantastic American malts. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Steve Hawley, president of the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission, uh, said during a panel held at Balcones' uh, 15th anniversary celebration in Waco, I know personally about 250 distilleries making single malt in this country. To put that in perspective, Scotland, the land of single malt, has fewer than 150 distilleries. Yeah, they do it real good, though. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's the deal. Is that, I mean, one, it's, it's Scotland. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, number two, they've been doing it for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. And, you know, while everyone here can say that they're going to try it, and while some are going to say they're going to try it, there's no one right now has kind of got it into that single malt where you think of it as, okay, that's that's the uh, American single malt that I just have to have. Like, yeah. At least nothing pops into my mind. 
of that's the American single malt that I just gotta have. I mean, no, I I mean the high west high country to me seems to be the most notable, and that's not how they advertise it. They advertise yeah. it more like another whiskey, and it says single malt on it, but it seems like they they advertise more the high west side of it than the actual fact that it's a single malt, and that could help bring people in. But at the same time, I think they're doing the overall single malt whiskey group um, a, a kind of a disservice by not putting it out there. That being yeah. said, some of the big uh, this this story talks about it a little bit, but I know that um, um, Jim Beam and uh, some of those other big names they've got their own single malts that they've started doing, and they're kind of dipping their toe in it to see how it would work out. Yeah, it seems like everybody's waiting on the uh, Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau to uh, to give official designation for uh, single malt. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of it, too, is what they're looking at. I, you know, hey, I, I wish Malcolm's best of luck. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they've 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 done such a, a bang up job uh, this, you know, on everything else they've put out. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that they put out that has been bad. So, um, you know, maybe no. maybe the new frontier is going to be owned by uh, Balcones. It could be uh, or at least they could be a front runner. Yeah. Uh, another story that you found some uh, some of our good friends down at uh, still Austin. They're going to be coming out with a, a new bourbon. Yeah, and it looks pretty good. I mean, talking about the blue corn, uh, they're coming out with Still Austin is launching their Bottled and Bond. Now, Bottled and Bond means that they have to follow a set of rules, and it has to be aged at least four years. Yeah. Uh, but their Bottled and Bond corn, a blue corn bourbon, uh, it's distilled from a mash bill of 26% blue corn, 25% white corn, 44% rye, and 5% barley. So it is just still doing that 51% corn. I don't know how that's going to affect it, the flavor of it there compared to their other Mashable, which is probably fairly similar. Um, but they're adding that blue corn in there, and I, I'm glad they're heading in that direction. They're saying it's going to have aromas of cream, soda, and malted milk with a hint of spiced plum and country apple cider. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, everything they put on here sounds good. It says it's going to have hints of cream de mint, nugget, and manuka honey. Manuka honey? I think it's manuka. It's it's that fancy honey that I've never tried, so I couldn't tell you what that tastes like. But I, <laughs> I just assumed it tasted like honey. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. That sounds pretty good to me. I, I'll, 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 I'll try it. They've got an MSRP on there of seventy nine ninety nine. So I Ooh. mean, if you see it, it's kind of high. I mean, it is a four year though, which is better than a lot of a lot of the uh, companies right now are throwing out two year and yeah. saying, "Hey, here you go." You know what? It's uh, cheaper than Matt. What? It's uh, cheaper than a uh, bottle of uh, Macallan nineteen twenty six. Oh, I know, but uh, <laughs> uh, we. I, I don't know if I would even drink that. I think it's more, it's just a collector's piece. It could taste terrible. Well, for those who may not know about it, a bottle of Scotch whiskey barreled in 1926, uh, 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 barreled in 1926 
bottled in 1986, has sold at auction for over $2 million. The right. bottle of Macallan 1926 sold for a staggering $2.1 million on Saturday, surpassing the organizer's expected selling price. Uh, the uh, historic auction house that oversaw the sale originally expected the bottle to sell between $934,000 and $1.4 million. Went higher than that. Wow, almost double. Yeah. Uh, at that point price, the whiskey is approximately worth $131,000 per shot. Hmm. I'm going to grab a stool and come try it out. <laughs> Only 40 bottles of the Macallan 1926 had ever been produced, and they're not for sale. Instead, the 40 luxury bottles of Scotch whiskey had been distributed as gifts to clients and top customers of the distillery. Imagine getting one of those bottles. Yeah. How many people do you think opened those bottles? I don't know. I mean, that's... if you got a bottle of Macallan, again, back in the 1980s, and you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm wondering. Uh, they previously sold it the was... bottle of the elusive liquor in 2019 when it was purchased for $1.9 a record price until this weekend. So the in other interesting thing, so I guess only five to eight of them are known to be floating around, something like that right now. Yeah. Like they originally just made 40, so there could be others floating around, but they only know of, I think, like five of them. Yeah. But it was distilled in 26 and bottled in 86. Is that what I heard? That's right. It's a 60 years in an oak barrel. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of oak. It's amazing. Still good. That's that's uh that 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 that's that's quite something. So let me ask you this, Matt. If if you had a bottle, if you came upon a bottle, let's say you're at an estate sale mm -hmm. and you find this bottle and they have no idea what it is, they're selling it, and you get a great price on it, okay? Yeah. Are you gonna drink it or are you gonna no. sell it? Sell it. Yeah. I could buy a lot of really good whiskeys for you that. You could buy have, a lot of really good whiskeys. I have whiskeys. no idea how good that's going to taste. I mean, it may just be a status it, symbol. Do you hold on to it for a little bit? Maybe. I don't know. It's according. I mean, you got to think. Right now, with that kind of money coming from it, it would be hard to hold on to it. But in a better economy, what would that go for? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you wait a couple of years, maybe. Maybe it goes for, I don't know, $3 million. Maybe we get a president that hasn't lost his mind. Maybe. Maybe that's true. Is, is it, like, do you have a bottle in your collection that you just refuse to touch? Uh, Right now, not. Besides the red spot. Not really. I mean, I'm pretty, I, I open almost everything I have. Um, I do have a lot of unopened bottles right now, but you know, I've got one that I, it may be, a, I might get a backup before I open it just because I already drank one of them and I was able to get two of them and it's something you just don't see. Uh, I've got, one? it's the um, Buffalo Trace Kosher. Um, and it's, okay. it's the rye recipe version. And yeah. so I've held on to that one because I drank one 
and and it was really good and and I mean you've had that before we had it at a what uh, a bar there in Lubbock and it was it's good yeah and it's kind of like you know you can't replace it if you drink it because it's just so you know Buffalo Trace I can get uh, even Weller and some of the other ones if I begged enough I could get one or if I looked right. enough but this one they only put it out once a year and it's in limited quantity uh it's kind of the difference between um scarcity which you know these others are scarce versus actually more rare because it's just not as much of it there right and of course the red spot ugh. i might cry the when one, i open it but i'll open the, it the only one that comes close to me not it, it it's it's opened it's open and it's getting lower and lower by the year is my uh, bottle of high west midwinter's night uh dram mm-hmm. i went back and, and looked at a f- picture of the one that back when you bought it and yeah. it's it's um act seven is the one that you have in there at act 11 yeah yeah i know and it's um god it's so good it is so good and it's one of those where I have not even been able to sniff another bottle of it, not even get close to another bottle of it. I mean, when so, we when I bought that bottle, I think there were only five or six of us in the entire city of Lubbock that were able to get a bottle. Yeah. I think that's it. And I have not seen another one on the shelves since, and I have looked. And I have looked and looked and looked, and I have not been able to find one. Well, let me tell you something. I saw four of them Uh, available. Oh, my goodness. Right in front of me, and I didn't grab one. Um, Uh, I actually asked, that was one of the ones I asked my boss for, and uh, he said if there were any extras that, you know, that I could have one. So I could have taken one when they put it down. Yeah. But I literally would have had to fight customers for it, and I'm never going to do that. Right. Um, but they had it. So they stuck three of them down on a barrel just to sell at $285 each, and they were oh. sold within five minutes. Oh, my goodness. I, I paid 100 What did I pay? 100 Maybe eighty nine ninety nine, if I remember correctly, because what happened was it was ninety nine ninety nine, and yes, they told us they right. would give us a deal if we bought it at the time, and so they gave it to us for eighty nine ninety nine, and at the time I was like, man, my wife would kill me if I spent ninety dollars on a bottle, and here I am spending three hundred dollars on bottles. But. Right? Yeah, and and so we were for those who may not know, so we Matt and I were part of a whiskey club uh, that used to meet in Lubbock and in high West came out and they gave this great presentation and they gave us some and, really good whiskeys. It wasn't just that they brought in like some of their high end rare stuff. Yeah. That, they, they, they brought just handed, so much good stuff in and handed to, uh, their high end customers. Like they're like, Oh, this bottle's for specs, but you know what? We're going to pop it open anyway. And we're going to try it. I was like, yeah, wow. It was great. I mean, it was fantastic. It was one of my favorite. Up. Yeah. It was one of my favorite nights. And so they, they passed around a piece of paper afterwards going, if you want to sign up and get any of these bottles, you can. But they were limiting people on the amount of bottles they could get and you know all that kind of good stuff. 
I was one of the only ones in the group who put down anything for that bottle of, yeah. of Midwinter's you it know, was, drink. It was the most expensive they had. It was the most expensive, but, but I, it was I, the I best. Was, there's, there was just something telling me, and it may have been you, do it, do it, mm-hmm. do it, do I, it. I've been known to do that. Yeah, and, and so I bought it. And, uh, and that I, or Steve I, I Evans, he's really bad about that too. Yeah, and there was there was like no guarantee. They said, "Listen, we're gonna try." There's no guarantee. And, and then I got a phone call. Hey, it's it's here. And uh, so I I walked in uh, to uh, the the establishment that at that time had the uh, the bottle from High West, and I picked it up. And they're like, you know, there's only like seven or eight of these in the entire city. And that's all we're going to get. Mm. And I went, well, thank you very much. Now, <laughs> to be fair, I left. Uh, High West has raised the bar on how many they make. They made 189,000 bottles of the Midwinter Night Dram Act 11. Yeah. So there's there were a lot more out there than there were back Act 7. Yeah. And on top of that, they were selling it by the case at the distillery for $125 a bottle. I talked to people who got a whole case of it. They drove out there so that they could drive it back just for that. Yeah. Because a whole case, you know, you buy it in Tennessee and, and everybody's asking 250 to $300 for a bottle they might as well, they probably save their money right there. I mean, and they oh, got a whole absolutely. case of it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would love to go to Utah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to go, go, go and just and get a few bottles and then uh, come back. And I guarantee you, I could have my trip paid for oh, uh, yeah. with just people who would want a bottle. And I, I wouldn't even go that high. I would not even go uh, as high as what they're selling it for. But I guarantee you, I could make my money back and then some. And it's such the, a great bottle. The other thing it, is, if one, Texas or Tennessee would allow them to ship it, they were selling it for one hundred and fifty dollars, yeah. uh, plus shipping for if you if you could get it shipped. I mean, they yeah, weren't. I don't know why they weren't Texas hiding won't do it. it. They're not hiding yeah. it from anybody. They're just not giving it out to the um, the, the liquor stores. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's the bottle that it's it's very it's a rare bottle that special. I that I open. Usually once or twice a year, I'll open it up, um, and and my wife will be right there going, "Can I have?" Yeah, and so I'll have a glass. Puppy my dog, wife will have a glass. Puppy dog eyes right there. Yeah, and and it's you know a Christmas, New Year's, you know that type of uh, of deal. And as it gets lower and lower in the bottle, I'm like, "Oh boy, oh, I gotta find another bottle. I gotta take a trip out to Utah. Gotta gotta <laughs> go and get." A, uh, a bottle of this. And, you know, they teamed up with Prisoner, uh, Prisoner mm-hmm. Wine, and yeah, prisoner uh, I would share. love to get a bottle of that, but that's like 300 bucks, I think. Yeah, the Prisoner Share. And, again, I think they're selling it from the distillery for about 150 but the Prisoner Share is even harder to get than the, um, uh, the Midwinter Night Dram just because there's le- a lot less of it made. Right, yeah. Ah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's so good. So good. Uh, let's see. Another story that you found, Matt, about uh, Japanese. We're going Scary. around the world, folks. Uh, what's happening with Japanese whiskey? Suntory, which is the biggest exporter of Japanese whiskey. And just uh, just for reference, they are also the same company. Suntory and Jim Beam are 
they merged together. So they're the same company now. Suntory is announcing that they're going to hike their prices in Japan, not in the United States, luckily, but in Japan between 36 and 56% increase in everything across the board. Um, the Hibiki Japanese Harmony, which is about, uh, I'll, I'll say it's about $110 here. I think that's what I've seen it for. Um, it's going to go from 5,500 yen to 7,500 yen, which the 7,500 yen is around $40, uh, $50. Uh, Yamazaki 12 is going to go from 4,500 yen to 7,000 yen, which is about $45.50, $47. And uh, some of their other stuff, which I don't recognize, to be fair, uh, is also going up by quite a bit. But, I mean, I don't know how that's going to react in to, to, uh, to work with the United States. But you're talking about one of the biggest companies in the world that has whiskey from multiple countries. And if they decide to start raising in Japan, what are they going to do in the United States? Because you have um, Maker's Mark is owned by them. Basil Hayden is owned by them. Jim Beam is owned by them. I mean, you've got this uh, Booker's and, and, and this list of things that are all owned by um, Beam Suntory. And if they start raising their prices, everybody else is too. It's going to be dominoes falling downhill. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be something to watch, that's for sure. Yeah. I would like just someone to announce that they're lowering their prices. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? You know... And just come out and say, we, we know you've all had a hard time of it lately. We're going to go ahead and reduce prices well, that's and what, see what happens. That's what Joe Biden told everybody to do. He said that the right. the inflation yeah. has gone down. Therefore, inf inflation rate has gone down. Therefore, prices should go down. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand the economy. <laughs> that's not and working And he doesn't out so understand well. that the rate of inflation goes down from 10% to 5% that it doesn't cut prices, it's still going up by 5% because the guy's an yeah. idiot. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about, uh, how about the, oh, wait, there was one other piece of uh, whiskey news that you had. Yes, Michael Michael Bublé. Uh, Michael Bublé well, uh, is... I'll tell you. Michael Bublé, of course, he's got some uh, Christmas songs that keep going through some stuff now. I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, his voice, you just know it's him. But of Michael course, yeah. Michael Bublé is getting his own whiskey, which in most cases would uh, nobody would care. But he launched Fraser and Thompson whiskey, and uh, they're saying on oh, this is the exact reading from the article it says, and we know what you're thinking. Another day, another celebrity spirit. It's a point well taken, even by its conspicuous co-founder. But here's the deal: Bublé's saying he's he, he's coming out and saying, I love whiskey but i don't know anything about producing it all right well, that's good so he's saying you know the this is uh this is his quote one of my favorite things about doing this is not knowing what i'm talking about um i'm just a canadian hockey loving dude who got very lucky to be partnering up with an incredibly cool whiskey nerds all right so maybe he'll keep himself out of it. 
uh, as far as that's concerned, and he'll just sit back and drink it. Maybe they'll come up with out with a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I guess I mean I don't know Fraser and Thompson Thompson whiskey. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't I, either. I haven't I haven't seen it. Uh, they say together the trusted tastemakers came up with the idea to combine Canadian corn rye and malt whiskeys with a small portion of Kentucky bourbon. The result blend of all the dis, uh, of the uh, distillates was a was uh, matured in a first fill American white oak barrel, holds a robust molasses like sweetness in its nose, but it goes down as velvet, uh, easy as velvet with vanilla in the finish. Ultimately, the drink flaunts a level of sophistication not always apparent in thirty dollar bottles of booze. So it's uh, about it's they they're saying. MSRP about thirty bucks. Not bad. And, and well, yeah, yeah. Other other people have done this, you know, kind of blending whiskeys, and and some of them have worked out, some of them haven't. I don't. Have you ever heard of Keeper's Heart? Uh, no. So I've never had any, but people have been telling me they're like, Matt, you got to try Keeper's Heart. You got to try it. Well, I can't get it anywhere. I don't know where to find it. But it's a mix of Irish. And American or Irish and bourbon whiskeys. And people are saying it's fantastic. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe he'll come out and what he's coming out with will end up being fantastic. We'll see. Yeah, I'll, uh, I got, I'll, I'll be on the lookout and see if I can find, uh, find this anywhere. I mean, if you can get it, then maybe we can do a review on it here on the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's Maybe see. How about this? we can get this? him on to talk about it. That'd be amazing. Maybe, come on, Michael. I mean, he come can on just our... sing. He can just no, sing no, 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 some Christmas carols. No, it will not by be Christmas way, by then. By the way, Matt, I haven't asked you yet. Hmm. How's uh, how's it going working in a store that plays Christmas let me, music? Let me tell you. So they they again. Uh, they use uh, the um. What is it? Uh, the streaming Sirius service, XM? Sirius XM. Yeah, the the streaming yeah. service, and they're that, play. That, 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 so that, that. today, yeah, the worst thing that could ever happen happened to me, Chad. What happened today, Matt? The song uh, by Mariah Carey, the "I Only Want You for Christmas" or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. That's the George Strait song, but the one that says the exact same thing. All it's I just, want yeah, for Christmas is all you. I want for Christmas is you. Yes. So they had a duet version of it that was not Mariah Carey that came on. Oh, beautiful. Uh-huh. Right after that song, guess what came on? The Mariah Carey version of it. The same song, oh, twice in a row, fantastic. Chad. Twice in a row. Yes. Oh. That's I'm, great. I'm going to bring my shotgun up there and start shooting speakers. No, don't say that, Matt. Don't say that. That's not even funny on the podcast. I'm not shooting Come anybody. On. No people. The speakers. You love Christmas music. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing, Chad. I don't know if you've heard me tell this story before, but there is one song that I actually enjoy hearing every now and then I because it, it reminds me um, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's because Will Ferrell did a whole skit on it where he's on the little circle thing that goes around and around. And he's singing it, and it's like, it's going too fast, it's going too fast. And then he throws up all over the choir, and I remember that, and I just start laughing. Was that from the movie Elf? No, no, no. It, it's a little oh. skit from Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, I thought you were going to talk about your favorite uh, your favorite Christmas song. 
Oh, the you Pogues? do have a favorite Christmas song. I do. I love the Pogues. Now the... you heard the news this week. No, nobody, correct? nobody um plays it anymore though. Not not on the Are stations. Are you kidding they me? Play. Not Are on they the... play it all the time in New York. You, did you hear the news this week? No, I don't guess so. Oh no. What what happened? Oh no, I'm about to break news to Matt. And he's going to be very upset. Uh, Shane McGowan's dead. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. He was only half alive he, uh, anyway. Yeah, he died uh, died this week. Yeah, I mean, he and, was... Uh, 65 years old, which I was... He lived a hard life, my friend. Oh, man, he did. Um, I mean, he looked terrible. And if you've ever heard him sing... I mean, it's... Uh, he's lucky he made it as far as he did, let's be honest. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But, I mean, I, I, I give the Pogues... Uh, you got to give the Pogues credit. I mean, so many bands who love them. Uh, and uh, Fairy Tale New York will obviously be played quite a bit this year. Oh, yeah. On the show, uh, we played, uh, what was it, uh, Old Dirty Town. Oh. Or Dirty Old Town by uh, the Pogues. Uh, do you know that one? I don't off the top you of know my head. I've, I've heard a lot of their music, I, but I don't know. Go back and listen to it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic song. And so we uh, we played that to start the show. Nice. And, hey, yeah, I had a few listeners who understood. They got it. They got it. They understood. But, uh, yeah, yeah. What I, I, thought, I immediately thought of you because that's the only Christmas song that you like yeah. uh, is by the Pogues, it, Fairytale in New York. Because it starts out. It's Christmas Eve in the drunk tank. I mean, <laughs> right? It's just, just it's, a great it's, song. it's basically, it, it's just, it's not a, it's not a lovely Christmas song. It's not a. Well, it kind of turns uh, into hey one. Kids, hey kids, listen to old Christmas Carol here. No, uh, th- this is just a mat uh, with whiskey listening to a Christmas song. This would be the one. And the only one that he would listen to. There you go. And, uh, you know, have your whiskey glass in the air singing. It'd be, Absolutely. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I just, I wish I had a webcam feed into the liquor store uh, that you work at. So, and I wish I was in control of the music for an hour because I would have so much fun <laughs> just torturing you. You know what? Uh, with Christmas songs. You're not just torturing me. You're torturing everybody that's in there. And I went to my boss and I everybody said, Everybody loves Christmas music. I went to my boss and I said, Did you hear that? And she said, They just played it twice in a row. We were both just like, Urgh. How about this? Uh, let's see. Uh, the new menu. Uh, menu will look the same at McDonald's, but they are set to make major changes, Matt. Huh. At McDonald's. Big changes coming to the burgers at McDonald's. Have you had a McDonald's burger in a while? I want to say in the last few months, I may have had it once. I mean, the kids yeah. like to go get the nuggets, and I'll grab a burger or something if I'm there, but uh, no, it's not a normal thing. Yeah. The uh, Golden Arch has said the new and improved burgers will include over 50 modifications. Well, we can do it quick, fast, safe. Doesn't necessarily taste but it doesn't necessarily taste great, so we want to incorporate quality into where we're at. You know what? When it costs ten bucks now to get a uh, McDonald's cheeseburger, yeah. it, it better taste better. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you can go a lot of places and get a ten dollar burger. 
I don't know. Some of the burgers are getting so expensive. I mean, they are. Yeah, everything's expensive. Everything's expensive. I, I went to days. to Five Guys today, and and I yeah. just got a single. I didn't get a double. You know the the big the regular. I got a single. And with that, the fries and a drink, like twenty twenty two bucks. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, McDonald's headquarters in Chicago. Uh, Chef uh, Chad Schaefer has been perfecting the burger patties for seven years. The chef made one double cheeseburger, the fast food's current standard, and one in the new way. Quote, one is hotter. It looks meltier. Look at how uh, my fingers sink into the bun. Smell it. You smell a big difference. He said the old McDonald's burger recipe was kind of dry. Quote, this one, kind of dry, it cracks. He's like the best case example and this is the best case example in the headquarters. The new burger patties first tested in Australia. What do they know about burgers? Uh, and expected to roll out in the U.S. by early 2024. They know nothing about burgers. But here's the thing. I mean, the story you just told. Yeah. What you see visually is a guy sticking yeah. his finger into the yeah. bun. Right. And then shoving his finger in your nose saying, smell my finger. Well, he's not doing it. He didn't say smell my finger. He, he said did. smell the bun. He's saying smell my finger. Wow. Uh, the West Coast and Midwest will be the first of the uh, 13,460 locations of McDonald's to experience the new burgers. So get ready for a new McDonald's cheeseburger coming your way. A bigger, juicier, smelling better cheeseburger. You know, they said they were never going to bring back the uh, the McRib, but it's back too, so. Hey, just, just, just wait. You remember, just get ready for You the remember what happened with New Coke, right? Yeah. I mean, it didn't go over very well. They had to go okay back to Coca-Cola Pla- Classic. I don't know. There's a lot of people who want, the, when they go to McDonald's, they want a McDonald's cheeseburger. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, Matt, it's that time where we uh, give a more of a uh, in-depth review into what we've been drinking. So once again, tell tell all the uh, tell everybody what we've been drinking tonight. We've been drinking Oak and Eden, Wheat mm. and Spire, and I'm I'm going to pour myself a little bit more because I've already finished my glass, and uh, I want to be able. It's it's sweet. Uh, that's one of the first things that I noticed. It's got a very uh, upfront sweetness to it. Um, I can think of other bourbons. It reminds me of a little bit on that sweetness, maybe like a um, uh, Belmede. Belmede had that sweetness right when you first took a sip of it. It, it didn't overpower you with the the um, alcohol. Not right. the, the horrible with the burn. I mean, there's a little burn on it, but it's not overpowering. But it's nice and sweet. And then it kind of comes through with, again, um, a, all of those great flavors that you're looking for in a good bourbon. Like, I've had some wheats. This, to me, isn't an in-your-face wheat bourbon. It does have wheat in it. But it, to me, it, it's more of the nice, rounded, everyday bourbon with your brown sugars, your baking spices, your... Um, almost like molassesy type flavors, and it's just a really nice, easy sip, easy drink, and I love it. I think it's for, really good for forty five dollars, fifty dollars. It's yes. it's really really good for that, in my opinion. 
I uh, I opened this bottle a while back, and I didn't think too much of it at the very beginning. Uh, and then uh, I opened it uh, a little, you know, maybe about a month later. Had it again, enjoyed it, and I'm I'm really enjoying it this time. So let me uh, again. I don't know if that's a palate change, but sometimes that happens with the whiskey. Is it, it you, does. You open it and you you kind of it, it kind of changes over time. It can mellow out some. Some of the burn will go away um, early on. Over time, it can actually degrade into bad things, but that takes a long time. But uh, sunlight and heat, if you keep them away from those, it can last for a really long time. Right. But I'm I'm going to be honest. This is my second bottle. Uh, I got about halfway through the other bottle and I was like, this is so inexpensive and it's just a good everyday pour. I had to buy another one before I left. And so before, before I moved to Nashville, I bought another one. So, um, I mean, that'll give you some, some long term understanding of how much I liked it. Yeah. It's just a really, really good everyday bourbon. It's got a lot of really good flavor. I mean, it's it's almost like you're getting a lot of the flavor from a, a full, what I would call, well, you know what, Chad? <laughs> I was going to say full proof, but I, I thought they'd taken it down, but it's not. It's 116 proof. Right, yeah. So this is actually so a it does very, have a little bit of that burn to it. it, it it's it got has, very high proof, but it's not nearly as bad as you would think for that. No, no, and that's when I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh boy!" Uh, but but it, it has some initial burn, but I mean, it's it's real quick. It, it, I mean, it doesn't it does not stick with you at all. Um, and, and like you said, it, you get that sweetness to it, some of that uh, dark, uh, you know, dried fruit maybe uh, taste to it. Exactly. I get a little bit of that. Uh, in, in, in which is something I'm a fan of. Yeah, maybe like figs uh, and, so, yeah. and raisins, kind of like the dark dry. Yes, fruit, like you're saying. yes. And so I, I mean, I, you know, again, uh, and this, you know, kind of a maybe a preview for next week. Uh, but if you're looking at gifting a bottle to somebody, this is one of those price ranges. Uh, Forty-five bucks. This would be a nice gift for somebody. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, it's a good bourbon. Oak. Oak and Eden, and there's there, there's a lot of different versions of this. Uh, Matt and I have the Spire Select Wheat and Spire by uh, Oak and Eden. Uh, they also have, and, and one of the popular ones right now is the Oak and Eden Wheat and Spire, but it's the uh, the French Oak, the uh, the French Oak Spire that's in there, and I've heard nothing but good things about that. Uh, there's also one that is a wheat and honey that is supposed to be very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was just looking up some reviews of that one, and it looks like people really enjoy that one uh, as well. So, so they also, if, if I were you, if I come across it in the store, pick it up. They also have a um, a coffee-steeped oak bourbon and brew. Uh, they have a uh, Cabernet-steeped oak, which is, uh, they call it bourbon and vine. And then, like you said, the wheat and honey, the bourbon inspire, which is the toasted oak. I'm kind of going through them all. The wheat inspire, which is what we just had. Uh, the four grain inspire, which I w- would, 
I would probably stick with the wheat inspired just because uh, I know what I would be getting. And then they have a rye. So anyway, if you're looking for something that you lean more towards, they have a great selection. I'm still a fan of the wheat inspired. Like I said, this is my second bottle. When I went back, I didn't find something else. I bought one, another one of these. But, uh, you know, whatever you're looking for, they have a really good selection. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Current and Cask with Chad Hasty and Matt Martin. Reach out to us on social media at Chad Hasty Radio and at Matt Martin Radio. And you can always email us at caskerspod at gmail.com. That's caskerspod at gmail.com. Enjoy life and cheers.